right, guys. We are on sets. All right, welcome to the eleventh podcast. <laughs> we got we got a new family member here, Mirage. Mirage is from UK, and uh, he's actually married to my cousin Venata. For all my sins. <laughs> And uh, you just moved back. To, you just moved here from UK. Yep, from London. From London. Mirage does uh, marketing. Mirage has 15 years of experience working in media sales and digital strategy and global brands. And uh, in this episode, we're going to be talking about marketing, what he's done, uh, social media marketing, and I guess media sales, digital strategy, and and um, just his experience with working in global brands. Before we get into that, let's let's kind of. I'm kind of very interested in um, your experience so far in Canada. So first of all, welcome to Canada. Thank you. And welcome to our family. Thank you. That sounds really nice, actually. It's sweet of you to say. Yeah, welcome to the family. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you guys got married couple of years ago in Mexico right so yeah we did yeah. we did so we we got together I think when was it eight years ago she was in London and um she was just kind of traveling trying to figure out her life in London moved in and uh, for the whole sort of uh, getaway experience mm-hmm. I met her two weeks into a trip which was quite quick for her <laughs> which was great for me yeah. and then um, been with her ever since That's crazy. so um, I think very early on she's always kind of made it very clear she wanted to come back home mm-hmm. I just for whatever reason kept delaying it and delaying it and delaying it and delaying it to the point where it didn't make any sense anymore so we got married two years ago been here one month it's been one month now one month on monday i yeah. just went and i've been in isolation for two weeks it was the best two weeks of my life <laughs> loved it anyone that says isolation's rubbish is talking nonsense because if you actually format your days correctly it can be very very good for you and i found it very useful for me so i kind of resetted and got myself into kind of a mind space which was a really positive mind space to try and come out and figure out what i need to do next yeah yeah and then, yeah, been out for two weeks, uh, been out a little bit. But, yeah, been exploring the city, man. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> man, I love your accent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you it know? sounds really good for the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, it makes you sound a bit more intelligent, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, believe me, I'm not, mate. Back in the UK, they'll be like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's proper. <laughs> it's so, so smoothing and soothing. You know? My accent, I try to, I try to make it, did not work out, eh? It doesn't, mate. Yeah, it I'll doesn't, be honest. Yeah, it doesn't, mate. You, you, <laughs> sound, you sound more Australian than anything. But yeah, it's all good. Oh, that's so funny. Um, all right. So, um, yeah, let's talk about... Um, I actually am interested also in what you've experienced differently so far and what you've seen differently living in the UK and just coming here now. I know we've already had like a lot of conversations about it, but how has that transition been? And like, what are the big things that you've seen differently within our culture and the UK culture? So it's, um, it's interesting. I think first of all, I probably haven't experienced like the crazy culture shock because I've been here a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I've also obviously seen you guys on holidays or whatever. So I've kind of got used to, 
used to kind of your your sense of humor the way you guys are as a family a bit more about your culture etc mm-hmm. um and also having you guys as a support network since i've been here has kind of maybe shielded me from more extremities that someone possibly could when they when they when they visit or, or do move country mm-hmm. um i think the main sort of massive difference i've seen is that it's just the land space it's just insane it's just vast it's huge and growing up in london it's it literally is concrete jungle right you, you're so squeezed up and whatever but there's so many examples uh, differences to, to to london and calgary where it, where i kind of now see it, it's more like apples and pears i, I don't like comparing them because they're two separate entities mm-hmm. and i think you get into a dangerous realm where you compare one for the other because all of a sudden then you're looking for one more so for me, it's kind of just seeing the differences. And I think the, the biggest difference I've seen, funnily enough, is is probably the courtesy. Uh, you guys are certainly a lot more courteous. It, it's, and I don't know whether that's because <laughs> it's the Canadian spirit. Because the Canadian spirit is kind of laughed about a little bit. Like, it's like, oh, <laughs> Canadian's a dream. It's a bit like pleasant. But when you get here, mm-hmm. it kind of is. Like, everyone's really <laughs> sweet. And it's like, yeah. it's yeah. quite off-putting. And coming from London, maybe where you're a bit more hard-nosed and you're a bit more aggressive like even the table service like oh they're asking you how you're doing and stuff it's like whoa have you got an agenda like (laughs) lay off me a little bit but that's been quite nice i I really enjoyed that Mm -hmm. um i don't want to disrespect you guys when i say obedient Mm -hmm. and maybe i should rephrase that as as respectful Mm -hmm. but like certainly like the traffic stop system people sticking to the speed limit all yeah. that sort of stuff like it's brilliant it, it's absolutely yeah. fantastic yeah. but again it happens in london but over here are a little bit more like crass mm-hmm. with the way we drive etc but i think like that's one thing i've noticed like the masks for instance everyone's really been doing that properly and and you should be but again in london it's a little bit more well you know certain pockets i shouldn't generalize the whole bloody city yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely a little bit different and, and certainly more relaxed mm-hmm. like you guys are are more relaxed for sure that's funny. It's funny you say that because <clears throat> I have some cousins that came in from London and they're like, man, Canadians are so nice. Like every time they walk by you, they say hello. Yeah. And like they look at you in the eyes and stuff like that. She's like in London, everyone's just looking at the ground yeah. and like they're just minding their own business. They're like, I kind of like it like that because yeah. I don't have to say anything to anybody. <laughs> I just walk past them and they don't have to say anything. So it's actually pretty funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> totally. Like I went hiking the other week and I thought, well, yeah, every time you go past someone, they all kind of say hello. So I just kind of played a game on myself and tried to see how many hellos I could do in different languages. And uh, that passed about half hour. <laughs> I only got like three or four. But anyway, no, it, it is pretty cool. It's pretty nice to be in a country where that spirit is embodied. But then, you know, from London, that's it, it's just different. It's organized chaos, it's right? So, like, when I was there last, that was last summer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I It is very busy. Mm. It's just like, and I feel like it's, futuristic and it's old school they have like castles and then right beside the castle is like yeah. a brand new tower Modern right building. Mm. and it is just go 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 there what i feel um one thing i i felt was um a lot of traveling mm. time mm-hmm. that's that's something i find in europe where it's all t- trains and and there's like barely anyone driving and when you do drive it takes like four hours just to get somewhere, mm. right? Because of the traffic, right? Yeah, the tube is pretty efficient there. Yeah, the tube is pretty efficient. The food was good there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say we are a really spread out city. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of land. Totally. Yeah. And, and the fact you guys have to drive everywhere, it's, it's weird to me. So when someone says you're a five minute drive away, I was like, cool, well, that's a 
15, 20 minute walk, I'd do that easy. Yeah. It's not a 15, 20 minute walk. You're like a few miles away, but you're five yeah. minutes away. So you have to have your car, right? Yeah. Um, whereas that's not the case in town. Like you guys are used to your big distance traveling. We're not. Well, certainly I'm not being from London. Maybe when you get outside the M25, mm-hmm. it might be a bit different. But I suppose that's, that's one of the things I should clarify about today and speaking with you guys. My experience is pretty much like London. And I, I certainly feel after Brexit, whenever that happened, mm-hmm. my mentality almost became a bit more out London is very different to the rest of rural UK. We we are almost like a micro culture, a micro a micro economy, um, sort of like a micro, uh, yeah, like a micro demographic. Because certainly the London mentality in the field is very different a lot of the time from a lot of the rural spaces. Not the big cities in the UK, but certainly London does have its own sort of quirkiness it's feel and mm-hmm. i think what really makes london special and what i'm probably going to miss the most and struggle the most about when i come here is the diversity mm-hmm. um and you do have diversity here but it's not it's not like back home where a few pockets away i can hear spanish or a few get uh, like streets away i'm in a gay area yeah. and it's all very inclusive and it's all very much right together mm-hmm. i don't think you have this as much over here and um well or maybe you do it's it's going to be interesting for me no, to kind we, of explore we, that we have uh no nightlife here yeah. <laughs> it's like one club that's <laughs> cl- not together like london yeah london yeah. when i was walking in the streets it's like every yeah everyone is close together mm-hmm. everyone is socializing too on the streets mm-hmm. i thought people were in line <laughs> <laughs> and they were just literally standing outside drinking the pubs, and, yeah. yeah the pubs right oh the pub culture is yeah. great i'm gonna miss that loads yeah i try to take you to a few but you were kind of well a I bit queued- of a lightweight after like 8 8 p.m like, i want to go home i was like dude well the first night that's when i had my ulcer there and i didn't know right that's yeah. like when i puked and i thought i had uh jet lag <laughs> but that was uh that was yeah that the, the first week was pretty bad for me because uh yeah my heart and stuff and it's like <laughs> you're dying yeah didn't know i didn't know what was actually happening i thought it was jet lag and it clearly wasn't no, right? it wasn't but, it uh, wasn't i'm glad you told me that i thought you were just soft so no. I'm happy with that. <laughs> well i am still soft but <laughs> but um yeah so i guess welcome to calgary man cheers guys thanks uh, for having me on here mm-hmm. yeah one thing i do want to talk about too that i i think was really interesting um was the the real estate there mm-hmm. uh you kept mentioning like there's different um perceptions of realtors there and i think i think it's works differently yeah. yeah and even um dave was mentioning too um you don't actually a lot of the buildings and houses you're actually just like leasing it out for like a hundred years or yeah, something yeah leasehold so it's like so there no one actually owns anything or how does how does it work for most like commercial buildings and real estate like residential so i think most of the commercial buildings it would be leasehold i know there's some where you can have the freehold and you can own the land but from what i understand and, and it's a bit, it's a real basic sort of um, understanding mm-hmm. there is a large discrepancy between both it's not like over here where you actually own chunks of the land, which I found absolutely brilliant. And, and the system seems to be different from what we would call kind of estate agents. Like they work for corporations mostly. So they're going out, you know, buying, selling, whatever for, for their clients. Whereas you guys tend to actually be a business. You're a lot more involved. And I think that's probably a better system. I don't know why it's different or what. But then, So are there realtors there? So or? by realtors, do you mean... They're like leasing agents. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So estate agents, we would call them. So they okay. help clients 
they help their clients buy yeah. or, or sell essentially. And then there probably are a little bit more sort of custom custom sort of job specs in that role, but it's not nothing I'm too familiar with. Okay. But um, certainly in terms of the property, those, I mean, obviously they're so expensive, but I definitely will say London in terms of property investment is still one of the most like buoyant markets. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yes, it's stupidly expensive, but I tell you right now during COVID, if you have large equity, you're killing it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think ultimately my, my plan will always be to invest in London in terms of property. Mm-hmm having you guys would be good knowledge for me to navigate around here as well but certainly it's a safe bet i don't think it's as up and down Mm -hmm. as what it has been in calgary but you could probably tell me more about that well yeah calgary's definitely more up and down i feel like uk is always going yeah Mm -hmm. right that's there's not much land there so i mean the only direction you can go there is up yeah Mm. um so but uh yeah calgary i feel like you can build any direction north south east or west Mm. And like um, even a high, you can build in the sky, right? There's it's like just... endless land, so they'll just keep on building out. Yeah. So what I find that is the downtown core is always going to be the best bet, and same with London, right? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Calgary is very volatile in because of the oil and gas, and it's uh, how heavily invested it is, and and that's what causes that extreme um, gains and volatility, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you know which side to play and how to play the game volatility is good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. totally but yeah. I, did, I did have a question for you actually because i've been kind of exploring the town starting to drive and stuff and i've seen well what i've heard is the population's actually decreased from the good old heydays to, to where it is now mm-hmm. but i still notice there's so much development of houses and land and also the prices still seem pretty expensive so why are they still building all these houses if the population is decreasing, I don't understand that. I think the actual, I actually think the population has increased. Has it increased? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, last time we checked, the population in Calgary has been growing year after year, and oh. that's and that's what I keep saying. Where people are trying to compare it to, uh, I think Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, we're the next Detroit. Oh, and uh, it's a bit harsh. Yeah. <laughs> but if you look at Detroit's like last. 20 years 15 years they are on a decline i i'm not sure where our population is right now i think it's at like 1.4 almost 1.5 million um but um i think yeah. it's like 1.2 or something yeah somewhere around there okay, okay. Um, well, i thought it was below a million actually so someone told me that stupidly yeah, <laughs> so I'm not 100% yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. have to google it we'll have to google it <laughs> where's um, your jamie yeah. <laughs> hey siri where, what's the population of calgary but the the thing i think um, with Calgary is um, we've been we've been going in a like live like in a recession I would say but as for like the real estate I really I think it's already dropped as much as it it has um, like condos especially downtown um, you're looking at like a hundred k to two hundred fifty thousand price reduction wow from like the peak right even more at some at some properties. Um, but right now for like the detached homes, it's, it's been pretty steady. Mm. Um, I think it's actually increased in the last few months. And I thought like we were going to be in a huge selling market because of COVID. But right now, um, it, it's pretty balanced. I mm. would say even maybe more of a buyer's market right yeah. now. Right. But who knows what's going to happen in, in, in six months. Mm. Right. And then also we got the low interest rates. Yeah. So people are taking advantage of that. And uh, I know, like, the government has done some incentives if you buy, like, they could help with, like, a 5% down. Mm-hmm. And if you're 
buying a new build, they would help with like 10% down. Wow. So mm -hmm. there's like, I think it's, it's like kind of bottomed out right mm -hmm. now. And if you compare our prices actually to Toronto, Vancouver, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we're pretty cheap. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've heard Vancouver is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, if you look at one bedrooms, just in comparison, um, they're almost 800,000. Yeah. Wow. Here they're probably right now, like you know, two two ninety five, two fifty to three hundred, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. Comparing apples, so. so we definitely invested at the wrong time mm -hmm. in the Verve. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. A lot of people. Well, what happened at that point, uh, three, four, you know, five years ago, Calgary was just yeah going up. Because um, I remember when when we were looking at condos downtown, they were increasing the prices every month. Mm -hmm. You know, and. Yeah, with oil and gas, it just Calgary's just basically all oil and gas, right? Yeah. So, so, so where do you guys? That if that's the case, then so where do you guys see the void that's going to fill that? Because my certain feeling from speaking to people is that the good days are returning, mm -hmm. and in terms of oil and gas, you know, are or aren't aren't aren't, aren't returning. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, and. Um, so, so where does that void get filled? How do you stem creativity? What's going to drive Calgary moving forward now? I think just the construction is a huge one right now. Like they're doing tons of construction all over the city, building the ring road, just um, uh, like downtown construction for like these towers that are getting built now that are f for lease only. Um, they just injected like 500 million into this convention center as well. That's getting built. Yeah. Like the BMO center. Yeah. BMO. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a, a huge parkade that's supporting it as well. And then they have the new arena that, mm -hmm. that they just approved as well. So there's tons of construction going on. Um, but I mean, how long is that going to go for? Well, there, need, there needs to be money to support construction, right? There needs to be yeah. people living there in order for it to develop and using the facility. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping know. like more tech companies come yeah. Yeah, and then like, obviously people like you yeah new, new coming here and and trying to stir something up with new new businesses right? well yeah because this is the interesting thing right so coming from london i'm, I'm quite liberal I'm, I'm very left wing i'm quite liberal not not too left where it's become right wing which is another conversation but like <laughs> it, it's almost so when i heard about the problem of oil and gas and whatever and i was a little bit like trudeau by the way is loved where we are and mm. I, I'm sure we don't know the ins and outs of it or whatever but I from what I understand he's kind of scuppered the economy here he's been quite negative for oil and gas for whatever reasons in Alberta mm. but my thinking was coming in is sometimes you need a bit of a hard exit from a, a specific industry because whilst that industry lies or exists there's always going to be people counting on it to generate money and income and sometimes the only way to escape is to almost just put the brakes on make everyone panic because that almost pushes people out for their comfort zones now i've heard it's a lot more it's a lot more technical than that because oil and gas drives so many different businesses right yeah but it, it was just for, for me i don't know it's just a bit like i kind of I kind of see it from an outside perspective because I'm not that involved in it and I haven't got that much invested in it. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for me to come from a different side of the world to say, maybe it's a good thing, but maybe it could be in the long run and it's gonna, it's gonna suffer. Or maybe what you guys needed is someone to put a plan in and say, right, in 15, 20 years, we're gonna pivot. Mm -hmm. And this is our plan to invest in this, in this, in this, in this, still keep that money coming in, but mm -hmm. looking to drive it into different avenues. So maybe that's what's not happened. I'm not sure, but it's just interesting to see, to see that because everyone keeps saying, yeah, we wanna get into tech and it's not that easy. Mm -hmm. Like the whole of the world are trying to do it. You know, we're probably, 
in India, they're probably more educated at a cheaper fee and they're miles ahead of what could be in London and Calgary. Forget Silicon Valley. So I think it's a, it's a very easy thing to say. What I think it probably needs is it's probably a bit of investment and maybe a bit more education. And, and I don't know if that happens or what, so please be my guest to explain it to me. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because I heard that even um, like China and India, they're not uh, exporting a lot of their like smart minds anymore. Everyone's staying there. They're, they're offering more money and incentives to keep their own people there yeah. so that they're not uh, like being the bright minds of like the US Silicon Valley. Yeah. So like India and, and uh, China have been, been investing really heavy into their own tech. Yeah, the brain drain's finished. Yeah. It, and it's impressive. Like when I was there at the start of the year and I went to Hyderabad, it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. They've literally built this city and it's just full of skyscrapers. It's massive and it's just, it, it's actually quite scary to think that I think that's where the economy, especially the tech world is gonna be definitely in the next 10, 15 years, if not now. But mm-hmm. so yes, it, it, I don't know, it, people like me were great, but also you need to team up with local people who are willing to take a bit of a, a jump and willing to see opportunities. And I think from my perspective, it's definitely trying to speak to more people on the ground mm-hmm. to see what direction they go. And yeah, but what is it specifically about tech that interests you? What is it that you can do differently? Because even in your industry, mm-hmm. there's so many ways you can embrace technology or just be off the cuff and do something different, which will make you stand out, right? Mm-hmm. So that's probably where the thinking is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you're gonna, what people need to do with this new change is it forces them to do something more creative on yeah. their own, mm. right? Um, it creates entrepreneurs, it yeah. creates other businesses. And I think that's what you're going to start to see yeah. in Calgary where, you know, people that lose their jobs have, you know, 20 mm. years in oil and gas. It forces them to, to create a new business yeah. for themselves or, or look elsewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm excited to see what is going to happen in Calgary yeah. in the next... Uh, sound uh, <laughs> uh in the next five years right yeah. so i think i think calgary right now once they're build, done building downtown something has to happen yeah right and they like yeah. investors might start coming in if prices keep going down for condos mm. well it's um, crazy because like we have over 25 percent vacancy rate in the offices downtown yeah and what? like the rates are really low uh for commercial right now mm. and um like there's a lot of able bodies here, like tons of electrical, mechanical, um, uh, chemical engineers that are, are out of jobs. So what's happening if they can't find a job, they're leaving the city, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people from out east are coming here and out west, so they're actually going back home. Right. Uh, so we're losing a lot of the um, like the outside um, mm-hmm. um, Canadians that are going back home. So we're actually losing that workforce. So if they were able to stay here and, and kind of put their minds together and, and maybe um, like, uh, diverse into some tech stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of able bodies here and, and yeah. space to do so. They just need to have some support. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's your mindset, right? Gla- glass half full, glass half empty. Mm-hmm. And again, it's easy for me to say that and coming new to the country, my attitude has to be positive. <laughs> yeah. But like for me, I think there's definitely potential. There's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of rumbling from the people I've met. Like, yeah, we need to do do something different. But just, just back to you, there's an interesting point you made about the, the vacancies and stuff. And that's great. But also my only fear is is the working from home aspect mm-hmm. right it, people are really embracing that and and that's brilliant but certainly from a creative background i think working from home is a good thing but i think it's actually quite derogatory if it becomes a big thing because mm-hmm. for me 
going into the office and bouncing ideas of people, sitting on a couch, going for a coffee, going for a walk, brainstorming. It's not the same on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Is it, there's, a, there's a different energy. And, and so I really hope there's incentives if there are being provided already for, to get people back into the office, mm-hmm. particularly in our sphere, and say, yeah, working from home and all of that, flexible working, all for it. But I don't know, if I was a manager of a company and my, uh, and my employees were doing four or five days at, in the off, uh, at home, it wouldn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in certain industry, again, like it's, it's so vital to be in the office to, to try and bounce with each other. And I'm sure there's probably 70% of the people out there saying, we don't agree with that. But I don't know, that's just my feeling in, in general. So I hope they are offering incentives to people to come back in rather than mm-hmm. stay out. I guess when you were working in London, mm. you were working, uh, was this pre-COVID? that when you're transitioning because yep. you're working from home before no no so i i finished work in january uh covid was happening then oh, okay but it hadn't broken out in london mm. um which was stupid because anyone knows that as soon as it broke out in china london was going to be like the worst one of the worst cities here i just couldn't mm-hmm. understand how people didn't understand that or comprehend that yeah but um <laughs> essentially i left in january oh, okay and then as you know, we went traveling uh, around Asia and then got caught up in the COVID issue Yeah, yeah, you there. guys were like were stuck guys? in Vietnam, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which was hilarious. And actually not hilarious. It was frightening at the time, but hilarious now that we got back. But we got super lucky. We were on that only flight that left that whole weekend yeah. to come back to London. And I was so happy. I mean, we were in Vietnam and, you know, they started like putting their hands across their faces and like putting like an X mark in front of us saying you can't come here and eat and that was pretty bad because they thought we were bringing it back in Um, so it was a little it was a little bit dicey Mm -hmm. and obviously came back here then my wife came to Calgary and I was waiting it out in, in, in the UK so I haven't really been impacted by COVID in a, in a weird sense like everyone else has but then having said that again like it's a really tough time if you're a parent you've just bought a house and you've been laid off like how unfortunate is that for you guys so yeah let's let's start talking about your the the sales and the media and the social media sure so Um, what i can probably do is give you a bit of a, a background on on kind of my career so far from the start well how did you yeah like how did you get into it because you've been 15 years is a long yeah it it is a long time and and it's the worst thing about coming to calgary was a bit like i had a massive wobble i was just a bit like why am i leaving my good career sorry i had a massive sort of like uh doubting myself about this move like why am i leaving london yeah like a mind wobble and um but uh, it is when when i look back on it and i talk to you guys like yeah i've done a lot of a lot of stuff in the industry so Mm. how did i fall into it complete luck like or luck or whatever you want to call it. I had no idea. I just saw an advert in a magazine and I was like, I'm going to apply it there. So I started off in kind of media sales. So my first job was working for a publishing magazine and selling the little classified ads in the back of the magazine, which is like, you know, all, you know, yeah, little yeah. boxes or whatever. Yeah. And that was brilliant. Great teaching. You really had to, to graft. You really had to kind of, be a go-getter, pick up the phone, hang it up. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Hundreds and thousands of rejections. Absolutely fine. From there, work myself up to the bigger pit of the magazine as you do. So back then it was mostly print. Mm-hmm. However, the digital revolution started coming in. So that was great because I was at the start of when people were like, right, we need to go online and therefore we need to sell adverts online. Mm-hmm. So I did four years in publishing, which was brilliant. Worked myself up to, to one of the senior members of the, of the commercial team mm-hmm. um, and was 
you know, by the end of it, pretty much responsible for generating a large proportion of all advertising revenue that came into the publication through that, but then through setting up of different events, the websites. And it's just basically thinking, how do we, how do we establish different routes to commercial revenue? Because that's what it's about. I think you have to pivot constantly in order to try and drive as much commercial revenue as possible. Mm-hmm. Did that for four and a half years, got, was thinking to myself, what I'm going to do. So I took a year out, went traveling for a few months, came back, tried to make it as a bit of a glorified professional gambler, didn't like the <laughs> lifestyle. So um, that, that kind of stopped us. Well, actually, I don't really know. Poker? Uh, no, no. Online, actually, oh. there, was a, there was a site called Betfair. It was yeah. almost set up like a, a trader's market where you oh. could go in and trade football games and rugby games. And I just remember there was a point in my night, I think it was like five in the morning and I was watching a Saudi Arabian like third league of football. And I was like, this is not the life I want for me. It's like, <laughs> I, I need to be out. Yeah. So then I got into oil and gas for about three months. I hated it. Um, and then I, you know, everything in my life touch with so far has, has worked out yeah. in my favor. I kind of feel it. I'm being pushed into a direction. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up working for this content marketing agency, which was one of the best experiences of my life. Just met some amazing people people um and then i suppose that was a four and a half five year period as well and for me it was about right it's content is king it's all about the content you create because there's so much rubbish stuff mm-hmm. people come up with mm-hmm. so it's about how do you produce good content to make you authentic because when it's authentic it drives engagement right mm-hmm. so that's the most important thing about marketing in my eye it's about creating good content right mm. so do you go through these ideas with these companies or like how what is your role with marketing because like are you talking about social media marketing advertising like facebook uh, so this is this is everything everything right this this facebook social media market whatever they're all different mechanisms of marketing right yeah so essentially what my role at that point would have been to work to drive revenue through marketing brands right Mm -hmm. so what we're doing is we have for instance a bunch of different magazines publications whatever Mm -hmm. it's then working with marketing teams Mm -hmm. and trying to create strategies to drive revenue into our magazine because ultimately they're using our publications and our facilities because they want to get their audience, Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of what it was. And then about five years into that, I was like, right, I really completely want to get into the digital space. And that's when I saw the the potential of influencers. Mm -hmm. So this was about four, four and a half, five years ago. Well, is it? Yeah, for about four, maybe four and a half years ago. And I was like, right, well, influencers are are kind of a big deal now. And and, and believe it or not, like forget the morality for a sec, because I think we kind of all question where we are kind of, where we are with what social media does for people, right? Yeah. But the truth of the situation is, is that's our landscape right now. That's that's where a lot of the younger audience. What, what do you mean? That's like influencers or uh, social media in general, yeah, yeah, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, TikTok, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, by the morality issues, I mean, does it drive depression? Absolutely, yes, it does. Does it drive the fact that we're trying to keep up with the Joneses? Absolutely, it does. So those platforms have to make sure that they're doing a good job to try and get rid of this. But put that to aside for a second. The, the fact of the, the matter is that's where our world is right now. People love social media. They drive themselves on social media and you use it mm-hmm. as well for brand. Brands love it, right? Yeah. So that's where I saw potential and I was like, right, influencers are, are kind of doing a lot of good stuff now. So for me, it was like, 
right, you have simple Instagram adverts, right? Uh, name your brand over here. I don't know. Let's just say Snickers. That's that exists in Calgary, right? Yeah. It's more than just eating a chocolate bar on an Instagram post, right? You've got these influencers who we call creators, by the way, because we see them as content creators. I hate the word influencers, so I will use the word creators from now on. They're creating amazing content. Like they see themselves as creative directors. They are using drones. They're using amazing videographers to stand out, to make amazing, authentic content. Mm -hmm. So how do we use this content now? And how do we push that onto different avenues? So could we push that onto TV? Could we push that onto outdoor advertising? Could we use this content and push it as normal Facebook advertising? So there's so much more mm -hmm. of what you could do with the creator and use that content and get them into different aspects. And that's kind of where the job at Style Hall was brilliant for me because it was like, right, learning about SEO, it was learning about optimization. Then we had the whole thing around GDPR, which is around data compliance. So all of a sudden you couldn't use this data to target people. Mm -hmm. So how do you become clever about that so we put together some amazing things we worked on the boxing fight between ksi and logan paul yeah, yeah, and the that. first time i went to a boxing fight did you go I, to that yeah, yeah oh. i got invited to the first one yeah. in, in manchester yeah. and twenty thousand screaming 12 year olds 15 year olds <laughs> baying for blood and yeah. i was like holy shit like yeah. this stuff is massive yeah right ksi and logan paul are huge i think uh -huh. that was the biggest uh youtube first like the box. first one yeah, that yeah. was a, that was the third one right yeah. and, and you know it was so i was so <laughs> proud to have worked on that and sold some deals on it it was brilliant and it kind of changed my world i was like these guys are to the modern person forget dicaprio forget russell crowe or even younger people to younger age people influencers are their marilyn monroe's now it's yeah. literally yeah. it might sound like a ridiculous statement but i promise you it is yeah right so then unfortunately we got made redundant from that job it was just i think brilliant. it's i think it's because you it, the influences or content creators yeah um you actually get to see their life yeah versus like an actor yeah you know totally you, you, i'm starting to see actors right now on tiktok like yeah. bruce willis um so you get to actually see a different side and i think that's how social media plays out and yeah. does its thing right well it's always been there right so yeah. we could even take this back further influencer marketing has always existed so tony the tiger yeah from frosties yeah right why was he created yeah. to build that resonance between an audience and a, 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 and a brand, right? Yeah. So he, he was the first influence, or even better, Santa Claus, yeah. when he became part of the Coca-Cola brand yeah. sort of uh, mechanic. Mm -hmm. It's always been there. The next stage were celebrities. Mm -hmm. Celebrities then came around and it was like, oh, we would aspire to be like them. But there was no platform to generate that interaction. Mm -hmm. And that's where influencers came in, right? Mm -hmm. That's the third stage. So almost now we have these influencers who comment on a how like a face punch oh cheers bro how special does that make you feel you're, you're part of their everyday life so you really feel you get to know them and where influencer marketing has certainly kicked in it's basically word of mouth advertising at mass scale and word of mouth advertising so me talking to you and you saying right this Lexus is amazing, right? You should really buy one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to listen to you because I trust you, mm -hmm. right? It's the same with influencers or, or creators. So that's where brands have really synced into it. And then platforms for that, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and the next big thing we're waiting for, right? So what would you recommend for smaller companies like us? And what what is like, do you have, because... 
I feel like we, we try to do everything also. Yeah. Right? We should, like, I'm about TikTok. I'm, I'm a, not. <laughs> on Instagram, we're, we try to do videos. We've tried to do Facebook. Some Facebook like, so many things. LinkedIn. Like, well, what, what's your strategy or what would you recommend? I think oh. there's five steps. And okay. I think it goes way beyond this. Okay. Right? So, so, I think too many companies are like, or, or for you guys, right? So, straight off the bat. You I still can- got to look at our stuff. Mirage. I, I, yeah. I promise you I will yeah. whenever you have time for me, right? Uh, we're meant to do that today, but yeah. now you're too busy, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what, what for you guys, so from, from not knowing you too well, but you're very personable, mm-hmm. right? It, it's, it's the fact that you get that engagement straight away and it feels, it doesn't feel salesy, it doesn't feel sleazy, it feels actually quite authentic. Mm-hmm. So that's your standout in the market, right? But even before you go onto the channels, like don't even think that far ahead. I think what I did is like last night when I knew I was gonna come on here, I was like, right, I think what I break it down is to kind of five steps, right? Okay. So the first step is what is your company or what is your brand USP? That is the single most What's USP? unique selling point. Okay. What gives you standout? Okay. Right. So is it your personality? Is it the fact that you're, that you're different? You're more talkative. I don't know what it is. That's something we need to establish. Right. I, but, I don't even think we've talked about that yet. <laughs> we don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But stand out as vital. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But let's, let's face it. There's so many companies who do the same shit. Yeah, they do. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So because, a lot of the best business ideas would uh-huh. be, I'm going to do what you do, but I'm going to do it better. Uh-huh. So what's my standout? How do I achieve standout? And you really need to give out a good thing. And, and once you know that, or once you know what you want to make it is, all of a sudden you've got a different, different place in the market against your competitors, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the first point I would say. Okay. The second point is how do you build a narrative Wait, around so your USB? Just so real clear, the, your first point is uh, to find your you, USB, you, your standout. Your yeah. standing what is this? Your standout point. Your standout point. Yeah. Which is what, what makes, makes you, you stand out. Yeah, okay. What makes you different, right? Okay. So that's number one. To number one, out. right? Yep. The second bit is to build a narrative around your US, USP. So now I've got my standout. How do I build a narrative? What's the strategy I can take out to market, mm-hmm. right? So for instance, if um, you guys are all about your empathy or you're all about your emotion, you're all about trying to drive understanding, is it a podcast? You know, what can we do different? How can we build a narrative? Is it to be the best I think, mates? You know? I, think <laughs> like, I think it was the podcast for us to yeah. stand out and to engage with like businesses and, and, clients. and clients and, you know, even you, right? Like, yeah. Uh, like, I think right now, just to be a realtor, you know, I, I, I want to diversify and I want to do other things. So, yeah. So, I, I would even argue that a little bit where I say a podcast is a mechanism. Mm-hmm. By narrative, I mean what is going to be your narrative in trying to get out to these people. So, as a, a, as a realtor. As a realtor, uh, right? So, yeah. is it going to be we're going to be the trusted guys in the market? We want to be the the thought-provoking kind of uh, word of mouth in the industry. We want to be the reliable people. We want to be the people that are the friendly people that aren't just trying to sell houses. We're trying to educate people mm-hmm. on the actual market itself, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important to build a narrative around what you want to do. And in simple marketing terms, could that be a marketing strategy? Mm-hmm. Is it like a TikTok video? Is it whatever? So you, you just got to build your narrative, right? Okay. Then the third point is your target demographic. Like, who is your target demographic? We've uh, never even done this. <laughs> yeah. I think young professionals is ours. 
yeah, yeah young, young professionals well, yeah well, well there you go but then you need to know older, that older families too i feel like we i, I, feel, I feel like we work with everyone but yeah, but, but that's target. but that's your point that, yeah. that, and that's the issue you could try and target everyone mm-hmm. or you could build a usp that matches your narrative and all of a sudden you realize by funneling that down that you 18 to 30 year olds could be your target demographic because of the way you, what you wear, what you drive, the way you talk. Mm -hmm. So there's a certain percentage that are going to be alienated by that. Could it be your target ethnicity group? For instance, it could be Mm -hmm. anything. right? So so you've really got to know your target, uh, target market. Then the best bit, then after that, it's what we're talking about. uh, What we're doing now is identify so the techniques, the marketing tools that you can use mm-hmm. to actually get contact with these peoples. So is it podcasts? Is it is it uh, is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? Is it Facebook? That mm-hmm. sort of stuff, right? Yeah. So that's another thing that you need to do. And finally, I don't know if you guys are doing this right now, it's data. Like, have you done data uh, recollections of who's listening to your podcast, who's serving your ad, who's, who's looking at your adverts? Mm-hmm. Because once you've got an idea of that, all of a sudden you know what's working and what's not, mm-hmm. right? So data collection, particularly in this day and age, mm-hmm. is everything. You mm-hmm. need to know who is consuming your content. Mm-hmm. And unless you know that, you don't know what's working for you. Mm-hmm. So those are the kind of five steps I would do an initial strategy. And once you really have that clear identity, mm-hmm. then you can write, right, then we can attack this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where I would say for you and for any brand that are really trying to get into something straight away, they're the five kind of main steps. And there's so many intricacies yeah. and they overlap and whatever, yeah. but just trying to kind of make, put it in layman's terms. That's sweet. Yeah, that's... I've started realizing that what you said was the last thing mm. is, is data. Yeah. Um, looking at your sales and reflecting and, and t- just tweaking it, mm-hmm. right? Seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, totally. I think for me and, and, and us, um, that's, that's a huge thing. It, it gives you feedback on what to do next. Agreed. Like, right? for, for instance, have you got any market reports where you know there's a certain amount of people from this industry who are buying the most houses. Are there certain areas of Canada or Calgary that are buying the most houses? All of a sudden you've got a target demographic mm-hmm. and your Facebook advertising should be pushed into that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's using the data available. And I think Facebook advertising, by the way, is the cheapest and the most efficient way to gain results. Yeah. We've done some Facebook marketing and it's awesome because you could um, narrow your um your ads to a certain clientele exactly like to to the t yeah it's like you want male you want this age to this age Mm -hmm. and you want this and even with instagram you see who opens it yeah and like what age group and then you 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 narrow it down right totally and and like with instagram now for, for you guys like where it's all about long form content, like Instagram kind of like, like videos or work really well. But I mean, have you thought about doing Instagram reels? Well, actually now, yeah, you know, it's a new thing. I've heard Instagram reel. I've, yeah. I haven't even looked at it, but I'm starting to see it. Yeah. Pretty much like TikTok. It, it's pretty much a TikTok. And I love TikTok, but what worries me a little bit about TikTok now is the Trump rhetoric around banning uh-huh. whatever. Cause I kind of feel it's a domino effect. As soon as he does it, India have done it already. Yeah. Their biggest market. USA, Canada, UK, has all it, of a sudden. Has the US banned it yet? No, they've They're not working banned it on it right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if it will happen, to be honest, because I think this is now a major sort of political... It's, it's essentially a political thing, right? Uh-huh. But it worries me that 
they would look to do this because it's a Chinese company and let's forget again about the data stuff. It's yeah. just, it's a weird thing, but Instagram are here to stay. Mm -hmm. Like that's a fact. Mm -hmm. So, you know, could you be looking into there again? And mm -hmm. is it a bit more of an audio, uh, older audience for you guys? Possibly, maybe that's where your audience is. I don't imagine too many 15 year olds buying properties over here. So <laughs> is TikTok the right narrative for you guys? Yeah. Yes or no, you don't know, but you need to have that data. And once you calculate it and you've been through it, you know how to target. And that's kind of the biggest advice I'd give to you. Mm -hmm. mm. What, what have you learned in the last 15 years about, mm. it's about this so, whole social media advertising and everything? Well, I suppose in general around my, my career, there, there's, there's so many different things. But I think, I think the first kind of thing is... Well, I, said, I kind of mentioned the power of influences. Yeah. It's about creating authentic content. Uh, authentic content is paramount. I'm telling you, too many influencers now just want to drive drive followers, drive followers. It is, it's, it's bullshit. Don't do that. Look at authentic content. As a marketeer or someone who wants to buy, buy you guys. What do you mean by authentic content? Authentic content is content that is actually relatable to you right that's so real to you to real yeah, to yeah, you yeah, so my, yeah. my name is miraj i'm interested in football meditation whatever it is i'm not going to produce content about me shipping it's just not going to work right yeah, yeah. it's not authentic to <laughs> yeah, me yeah, right yeah, yeah. and i think the most important thing and, and this is interesting now because bringing this sort of thinking over to a very infancy market in terms of influencer marketing it's like brands just want to go with buy into creators that might have a 1 million following, right? Let's just say that mm -hmm. out of that 50% of their following could be from the UK. So 50% of their audience is no good to me mm -hmm. out of that 40% of their audience could be the wrong demographic. And out of that, their engagement rates might be rubbish, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm better off working with an influencer who has 100,000 following based in Calgary because they're ultimately going to portray my message better. Mm -hmm. And what we find in the influencer world is you get your kind of your big mega stars, you have your macro, micro, nano, whatever it is. They serve different purposes. So I think in terms of the strategy, it's important to, to, to kind of use all of these guys, but make sure you know the data of the influencer you're using. Mm -hmm. Know their what their audience is otherwise it's just wasted money right mm. so that's the big thing we've learned certainly in london and us gone so do you, do you find influencers and then like let's say you have a company that wants advertising so you would essentially find these influencers and ask them to market for you exactly right? so depending on what company i've been at you could have almost like a technology database where you can where they exist on our platform mm -hmm. or we represent them as a talent management firm, mm. right? So it's about having the right influencers, generating a strategy with marketing, saying, right, we think this is gonna work. We should generate this amazing idea on Instagram, TikTok dance, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then the final phase is, right, we think Jennifer from Alberta is gonna be great for this campaign because she personifies the brand really well. So mm. you actually are looking yourself or influencers to connect or well then, you, you have different teams right oh, okay. so 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 my job would be working with the marketing team with basically that, with the influencer work no no yeah. so it would be working with the marketing first to marketing team first to yeah. develop the strategy to make sure they buy from us because ultimately it's about driving revenue yeah now we have a hundred grand yeah. then it's working with the account management teams and the talent teams who deal with the influencers every day to say right we think this person, this person, otherwise it's too much work, right? You've got, mm -hmm. to, say, you've got to absolutely understand your job roles. But yeah. then 
overseeing that and being like, right, I'm not happy with her. Yeah. I'm not happy with him. And now let's push this back to the client and let's see what the client have, uh, think, and then they sign it off. So as an influencer, um, you just pay them like a referral fee to do this or? So they get, they get a fee. So again, it depends if you're a talent management firm yeah. or if you're part of a platform because now you get lots of platforms which recruit influencers and they might get paid depending on their size. They could get paid a few hundred dollars to a few thousand. You don't know how it works. But certainly with the bigger guys like KSI and whatever, they're commanding, well, I can't really say, but they're commanding stupid figures for a YouTube video or yeah. for an Instagram oh, for post. Sure. Like, yeah. So it all depends on your size. But yeah. this is where we need to think a little bit differently now. And brands need to think a little bit differently. But just because you have 5 million followers on YouTube, it doesn't mean you're right for my brand mm -hmm. because your engagement could be completely wasted. It could be completely not there. Yeah. You know, so like if you're selling, if you're like advertising for Lexus, you don't want an influencer that's for like 12, 15 years. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's, right. just, exactly. it's just, yeah. it's just yeah. wasted, right? Yeah. If you want to put it in a pure, that's simple yeah, terms, yeah, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. But yeah. so, so going back to lessons that I've kind of learned that that would be it. Um, but I mean, so the lessons you learned is how, how impactful influencers are. One of the lessons, certainly yeah, in the last yeah. couple of years, they, they're super I don't powerful. Even, I, I guess I don't even know many influencers in Calgary. Well, well this is a lot of small businesses. Yeah. 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 But I do see in a market here because I do see that growing. Obviously, it's going to be a lot more localized, but I think if anything, that's a good thing because if yeah. you're a Calgary brand who wants to go after specifically target Calgary people, I don't want an influencer who's got a massive audience in Vancouver. It's mm -hmm. just no point, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it, in terms of the last two years, I would certainly say the, the impact of influence is massive. I think it's here to stay. Mm -hmm. um, but again, throughout my career, it's about creating good content. And that can stem for whether you're influencers, whether you guys are producing articles, whether you're producing podcasts, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's making sure that it's, it's relatable and it's you. Mm -hmm. And people will buy into your people. You don't. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Because all of a sudden, if you've got a percentage of an audience that's engaged, they're the ones that are constantly going to be referring you mm -hmm. and who are going to be championing your product or your service, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. But in, in, in terms of business, I think, I don't know, there's, there's so many things, I think. I think what about personal? What have you learned in the last... Because you said you meditate lots too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, I've started to yeah. now. I mean, I think it's something that I certainly didn't do a lot. It's something I was always dipped my toes in and out. But certainly in the last two, two to three months, mm -hmm. lots because I've had a lot more time to it. Yeah. But yeah, certainly like meditation definitely helps in the morning. I think gratitude has been massive for me in the morning as well. Just expressing what I'm thankful for. And I think one of the things I'm really thankful for at the moment is just having an opportunity to be in Calgary. Mm -hmm. Like how fucking lucky am I yeah. compared to 75% of the world who don't have get a chance to leave their bloody street or house or whatever mm -hmm. so i think it's really kind of focusing on the things that make you better mm -hmm. um glass half full and that translates into business as well be solution focused i hate it when people say oh this is shit we haven't got this we haven't got this <laughs> well what can you do about it yeah. like solution give me, give, me, give me a solution let's <laughs> yeah. brainstorm yeah. be solution focused yeah don't be a negative nelly and and, and I, negative nelly <laughs> and, and, and that kind of that's also with me in my life as well yeah. I, you know you as you go through life i've got lots of friends and whatever but you certainly realize after a while you realize what you want from people the people you associate with let you know who you are mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. 
so if I'm some sort of playboy, whatever, and my mates are all a bunch of douchebags out there, that's me, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to be that person. Essentially, yeah. I want to be humble. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about my successes too much. I want to let my actions get me further than yeah. my words, right? That's yeah. the type of person I want to be. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I need to let hang around with people of the same ilk. And I think as you get older, you realize that. So I think a lot of my life lessons actually can stem from my career. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is be positive, like go into a room and be happy like have an energy about you have a frequency about you because that higher frequency emits and you all of a sudden you get people of the same thing yeah it's like you can get again you can hang around with people who's so negative and you feel it it drains you so i think particularly in in an office go in be lively be positive smile that's that stuff's infectious right when when you come into the room are you the person that brings like light or are you the person that brings dark, right? That's what you totally. always got to ask yourself. And totally. Yeah. I agree with that one for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's that, the, the second thing was solution focus, which I talk about first. And the third thing is, is team player. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if you're in sales and they're going to commission based, whatever, mm-hmm. be a team player. Like ultimately mm-hmm. if you're a manager, you work for your employees. Mm-hmm. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. I get so pissed off when people in your company stop a meeting from you. I think it's the worst thing you can do for me. It's actually internal meetings sometimes mostly outweigh an external meeting. Like, how would I feel if you canceled a meeting with it? It just doesn't make me feel right. So I think we need to put that team ethic back into things, be less individualistic mm-hmm. and, and be there for people. Ultimately, if people are on your team and they are driving success, that's a benefit from you. And I think ultimately, I've been in a few companies where that's not really existed, where the culture has been quite play one person against another. And I've been very fortunate as well to work for a couple of companies where that's just not been the case, where it's always been about the team, the greater good. So those are the kind of three things giving it a bit of thought from work that really play a part of my moral life as well. Mm -hmm. And I think if you ask my friends, I'm certainly a team player. I'm very lively. I'm very bold. You probably know that. Oh yeah. You you fit right into our family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and, and I try and be solution focused. I know I haven't been that in the past, but certainly from now on it's important. I think when you express things like gratitude, Uh it maybe makes those things fall into place a little bit better. So those are the, I suppose the biggest things I've learned mm-hmm. and also one other thing challenge <laughs> challenge challenge your brand challenge your challenge your partner challenge your employees you know Jordan Peterson says actually the agreeable people probably get don't get as far in in their careers and I'm not saying to be an arsehole and I've been so agreeable agreeable in my career but I also notice it's very important to challenge people because so some people are so comfortable in doing certain things marketing teams will do the same things over and over and over again Mm -hmm. but what can we do different how can we push the boundaries how can we use different mechanisms to try and grow the business you know innovation only stems from places out of comfort mm-hmm. and and certainly that's my life journey right now i'm moving to calgary it's stepping out of the comfort zone at 35 years old starting from scratch again yeah i don't know how this is going to work out for me but what i do know is i'm glad at least i'm stepping out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and i'm trying to aspire to that every day by meeting new people by doing this yeah by doing things i've never done because i'm hoping that's going to sort of spark some sort of some sort of energy and, and get me connected with people that i need to be with Mm-hmm. that's a good take that oh, wow <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that was a good 
I got actually got a lot from that, Raj. I um, hope you did. Yeah, sorry, um, I've got habits of waffles since. Yeah, no, I was really uh, <laughs> engaged there. I was actually gonna like, I was gonna ask if mm. there's um, because I feel like we got a lot of stuff Good. in, and uh, I, 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 I always ask this: Is there anything else you want to say? But I, um before we end this because i feel like that was a good way to end it but i feel like i always ask this is there anything well um, i mean i i'd probably be here all day but actually <laughs> I, 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 I'm, go, I'm gonna flip it back on you guys and practice what i preach so ultimately you're always learning right you should yes. always be asking questions yes. so I, i'm gonna ask you both questions actually about sure. where do you think where do you think the opportunities lie in calgary but secondly how do you think i'll feel more at home in this city okay dave you wanna <laughs> <laughs> so what the first what the first question is um, opportunity wh- where do you think the opportunities lie in calgary yeah and, and what do i need to do to find happiness to try and fit in in, in, in calgary um so i think opportunities are um something you create yourself and I yep. think you are on the same mindset that that like that's true, right? With you can create your opportunities, and I think for you to fit in or find something, mm-hmm. or um, I actually really think you're really are already happy, okay. which is like, which is um, which is really good, right? Mm-hmm. To to be in a new place, right? Um, but I would say for you is um, figure out what you want to do, mm. um, and we had a conversation about how you kind of seem like uh, C- Canadians or mm. so far, the people around you are more entrepreneurial mm. versus like in UK. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like totally. Right. Yeah. And so I think that's going to be kind of um, a challenge that mm. you're going to have to challenge yourself where you are, you essentially could create your own company right now mm. from scratch mm. and opportunities lie everywhere mm. with marketing yeah we are always getting contacted by random people for marketing mm-hmm. and we are always marketing mm. and and you know this too right mm. it's it's you've been trained with other companies and yourself yeah. for the last 15 years so i would say for yourself start thinking of uh doing what you want to do mm-hmm. here um, and find out like what creates happiness for yeah. you for your work Tidy. and then start going at it right mm-hmm. um, you've shared a lot of what you've done already so mm-hmm. maybe someone listening to this podcast might mm-hmm. want to reach out to you yeah mm-hmm. this is that's the opportunity yeah. that you're taking totally. also right yeah. totally and same with us right we we're gonna have a conversation mm-hmm. and see how we're you could help us market sure. right yeah but I think you got to figure out like your numbers mm-hmm. your like what you want to charge and so you're yeah. kind of more very clear yeah. that when you go present to someone or talk to someone or reach out to companies you know you go hey i'm mirage this is mm-hmm. what i do mm-hmm. this is what i could do for you and and then see if you could generate your like self like entrepreneurial entrepreneurship yeah. that way yeah totally mate no i appreciate that and i think that's yeah like i think that 
yeah. this for me it's like yeah I think mm. the other thing too is just focusing on the things that really interest you like back home yeah. like, like football like uh, marketing stuff like that mm. you're, you're gonna start seeing people um, and, and meeting people that like the same things as you and then that just kind of translates into hey what do you do mm. and then and then they may know someone that knows somebody so I feel like uh, for me like I just like to focus on the things that I enjoy mm. and then I also meet other people that enjoy the same thing yeah and then uh, the topic of conversation always ends up like hey what do you do and then people always want to help you when yeah. they're more relatable to you right so yeah. there there's a good list of uh, um, this thing that I always read it's called the laws of likability so oh, it's okay. like people like people that are like us people yeah. like us that like people like people that like the same things as mm. us it's like people like people that make peop- um, uh, them feel good like there's like a whole list of things right so if you just focus on the laws of likability and that's how you you'll you'll find an influence more people that okay. will uh, get you in you have to give me that book as well yeah yeah <laughs> well, that, that. i also i also think your your accent's gonna help a lot <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like uk accents are just so yeah. like i don't know awesome. what it is it just sounds smarter uh, or yeah, yeah well i the, think i hopefully that's yeah. what it is mate because uh, when you get you know me a bit yeah, yeah it's probably yeah. not that much so yeah that's some proper english <laughs> yeah. no cheers to having me on guys i appreciate yeah. it it's yeah. been really fun actually uh, one more thing too is just definitely tap into um the family's networks and yeah. our, our like yeah Venada has a huge network yeah we, we have a huge network yeah we grew up here and our family alone is really big right so yeah. and you you know that right yeah. so i would say like just figure out what you want to do mm-hmm. and then just you have all the tools you have all the support and then like maybe this is like your next chapter on mm-hmm. um entrepreneurship right yeah. which is what i love so yeah and where can people find you on social media and stuff yeah um so it's my oh this is really bad for some of the social media I've done <laughs> uh, just mirage bias <laughs> you'll just see lots of pictures of me getting drunk to be honest but uh, yeah that's that's where you'll find me mirage underscore vias m-i-r-a-j underscore v-y-a-s i'm expecting my instagram to be popping off on this <laughs> uh, well you're on the wrong podcast right now <laughs> Well, uh, ten years from now, Jen. Ten yeah. years from now, yeah. I, I just want to be clear first, and and uh, and uh, before we end this, is mm. just what exactly can you do for um, just you know just kind of uh, market yourself right now of like what you sure. could you could do or if someone is interested for marketing or yeah, just definite. So I think I think where my position or what I really enjoy doing is is kind of getting to really know companies to try and find out their USBs, their standout, and, and to almost drive that interest. I think I'm most comfortable when I'm presenting. Like you mm-hmm. give me a presentation, I'm happy to go into a room with people and, and I have a natural affinity for, for doing presentations. But just coming in, injecting a little bit of color, injecting a little bit of zest mm-hmm. into your company and trying to find out alternative strategies. Let's brainstorm, let's mm-hmm. let's think different, Let, let's, let's put a point of difference and, and let's try and attack it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's where it stems from, pretty much just giving that bit of enthusiasm. Got it. And, you know, um, we could also use another realtor, too, if you're looking for <laughs> I mean, I've heard it's yeah. looking pretty decent, man. So, yeah, so, if you want to get me on the side, I'll get yeah. a little bit of commission. Yeah, Sweet. For sure. Sounds good. So. Cheers, guys. Appreciate Cheers, it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Marish. Thanks, nice thanks for coming on. You're like, oh mate, I had so much fun. It was like chatting to my mates about interesting stuff. Yeah.